Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. This is a fifth anniversary of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Five years ago, we did our first broadcast. Just to reminisce a little bit, everybody. Jesse's not in today, but he'll be back tomorrow. My wife will be joining me. But I wanted to say that five years ago when we did our first broadcast, it was because we were told we no longer needed our services on relevant radio, and we were on Immaculate Heart, we were on EWTN, and it just seems that... um, uh, we were told, hey, you know, uh, we're done. So I had uh, our donors put together a app years before that, so we were prepared for this day uh, so that people can continue to listen to us. We were off on Thursday. We were back on Monday because we had that app. So I want to thank our listeners for that because that was like a $30,000 project, you know, 15 years ago when nobody had apps. We were building our own app. And, um, yeah, so I just wanted to say thank you for supporting us all these years. And uh, please, God, if you'll give us the opportunity to do more uh, evangelization through the radio, we, we want to do that with your good support. Uh, today's topic is going to be on communism. Believe it or not, Fulton Sheen wrote a book on communism and the conscience of the West. And we have an author, Julia Maloney. Uh, from Tan Books, he put, put a book together to talk about this and how it applies to us today. Now, I have to ask, because uh, I don't see my wife, did she, is she calling in right now? Mary Danielle, are you with us? Not yet. Okay. Mr. Engineer, let me know when she comes. And uh, I want to, before I get to the good news of the gospel, I want to just put a, a good-to-know file. Praise God, Pope Francis met with persecuted Cardinal Zen. And, uh, you know, that had been been trying to get happen for years. I think Cardinal Zen wanted to give him uh, his take on what's happening in China and the persecution of the church in China. So I thank Pope Francis for taking time out of his busy schedule uh, to meet with one of his cardinals. Okay, thank you. Another good-to-know file. COVID boosters linked to cancer, heart issues, and astounding decline in the average lifespan, research suggests. Now, this is kind of interesting because uh, when you have a breast cancer going up 487%, while uh, exploding cancer rates are also seen elsewhere, uh, you have to ask yourself, well, what's going on here? And this article from LifeSite News, you can just check it out. It's, it's rather lengthy, but it goes into all the different uh, things that are happening with people's health. And why is it happening? Well, one, uh, I think one element is, is that people... Uh, we're, uh, we're shot. We got the shot. And so um, need to pray because many times these things take years before they start taking effect. So we pray for all those folks who took the shot. Mary Danielle, are you with us now? I'm with you. Well, I'm, I'm with me for 30 some years. Thank you. Mary Danielle, this is our anniversary. No, not our wedding anniversary. It's Virgin Most Powerful Radio's anniversary, their fifth year we've been on the air. So praise God. Very good. Mary, I, I want to uh, explain to those who don't know who you are, other than my wife. You are uh, a, a one of the uh, uh, voices of a virgin most powerful. We call it Bible with the Barbers every Friday after the Terry and Jesse show. You've got a master's degree in biblical studies through John Paul II, and uh, you've been teaching the Bible for years, and uh, you try to make the Bible come alive to people with practical applications, and I think you do a fine job with that, so I want to give you an opportunity for the gospel today to do a little exegesis and also uh, stay with us on this topic of communism. All right, uh, so let's go ahead. I'll read the gospel for today, and then Mary Danielle will give us a little commentary. 
the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3. This is the baptism of our Lord. I wanted to mention something, Mary Danielle. This beautiful reading from the Roman Missal says, After the Lord was baptized, the heavens were opened, and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and the voice of the Father thundered, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Wow. Now let's get to the reading from the Gospel of John. Chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are baptized, you are coming to me? Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, you Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. All right, Mary, I'll give it over to you, girl. So we have a lot going on in this gospel. There's mm -hmm. a lot for us. There's a lot that happened in that moment. Mm -hmm. Jesus comes to the Jordan to be baptized. And if you reread the Gospel of Luke, that you have the baptism of Jesus in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And in the Gospel of Luke, it tells us that he was, right after his baptism, tells us that he was 30 years old. And, you know, scholars often, you know, well, why? Why did he wait till he was 30? Well, in the, um, it was typical in that time for rabbis to start their teaching at 30 years of age. So there, there's probably great mystery there. There's more, maybe more to it because we don't know everything, but there is this reality that he was 30 years of age and this was the typical age for at rabbis to be baptism, to be baptized. Now, he also had waited for John to prepare because remember John is there to prepare the way for the Messiah. So John has come and he's preaching a gospel of repentance and he's, he's giving a baptism of repentance. This, this, this baptism is a sign of saying, I'm going to give up my sins. So before we can follow the Lord, we have to give up our sins. We can't hear the voice of the Lord. And we can't follow him because sin blinds us and makes us unable to see the right way. And John doesn't want to baptize Jesus. It's, it's an interesting, no, I should be baptized by you. He realizes Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's like, wait, wait a minute. And Jesus says, no, let this be to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus, in the plan of God, Jesus is to humble himself even to the extent of submitting to the authority of others, as he submitted to the authority of Joseph and Mary in Nazareth for 30 years. Now, righteousness, and to fulfill all righteousness, what does he mean here? Well, in the scriptures, this word has an extremely deep, deep meaning, okay? And it refers to the plan of God. So God in his infinite goodness and wisdom, he has a plan for us. And he has marked out a certain plan for man's salvation. So to fulfill all righteousness, we should understand that to mean as fulfilling God's will and design. So we could translate fulfilling all righteousness as fulfilling everything laid down by God. I'm not going to impose my own will. I'm not going to insist that things be done my way. I'm going to ask the Lord in prayer. I'm going to submit to his will. I'm going to humble myself before him and and acknowledge my dependence on him. Now, 
Jesus is the Son of God. He's He's God. But nonetheless, he submits to the Father's will. Everything that the Father had laid down, everything that was prophesied about him in the Old Testament, he will fulfill. So he comes to receive John's baptism. And so we have to recognize this as a stage of salvation history, a stage that was foreseen by God, and it's the preparation for the messianic error. So the fulfillment, you know, everything that God has set down needs to be fulfilled in its own, in its time and in its way. And oftentimes, you know, remember in the Old Testament when God promised Abraham a son. Abraham doesn't get a son. Sarah's getting old, 90 years old, and Abraham's getting to be 100. And he's like, well, you know, um, Sarah, what are we going to do here? And Sarah's like, well, take my maidservant. And Ishmael is born. <laughs> so, But that wasn't God's plan. So, you know, sometimes we try to hurry God's plan. We try to rush things. And we're not willing to wait for God's answer. So we have to be careful that we're waiting to fulfill God's plan. And, you know, it, it, it's so beautiful. Jesus already possesses the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He is the Son of God incarnate. He's not. There's no sin in him. So from the first moment of his conception, his human nature already has the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, he is divine. He's a divine person. He's not a human person. He's a divine person with two natures, a divine nature and a human nature. So the descent of the Holy Spirit of God, spoken of in the text, indicates that just as Jesus was solemnly commencing his messianic mission, so too was the Holy Spirit beginning his action through him. Both Jesus and the Holy Spirit are sent. They're sent by the Father, to, and they have a single mission. Their mission isn't separate. They're both so they're both commencing their mission, and the Holy Spirit will be working in and through Jesus and with Jesus to complete this mission of the Messiah. And so we, we want to have this, this understanding that when Jesus does this, he, he goes down into the water, he sanctifies the waters of the world for baptism. He's redeeming us from the fall. Adam had closed heaven, right, by his sin, and now the heavens are opened. Jesus opens the heaven, and the Holy Spirit comes. So the Holy Spirit can come on us once again. And in baptism, St. John Chrysostom said, we should hear the Father saying to us, this was not my son, but now after baptism, he has been made my son. That we too, in our baptism, should realize that we become children of God with Christ. And then, it's so beautiful, I mean, there's so much here. And I want them to get more from you on Friday at our, uh, we got to take a quick break, but to listen to Mary Barber's uh, on the Bible with the Barbers every Friday on Virgin Most Powerful. If you don't have it on your radio station, download our free app going to vmpr.org. That way you can hear her uh, teachings on the Bible and uh, you'll get a lot of good information about the scriptures and how it applies to your family. When we come back, folks, we've got Julia Maloney. She's got this book that Bishop Sheen wrote, The Venerable Fulton Sheen, Communism and the Conscience of the West. And we'll get our quote for Bishop Sheen when we come back, too. We ran out of time for that, but we'll catch it on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I like to say I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. I want to welcome Julia Baloney to the Terry and Jesse Show. How are you, my friend? 
I'm very good. Thank you for you've having got, me. You've got a beautiful smile. Keep it up. I want to say thank you for coming on to talk about a topic that actually this is our fifth anniversary for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I believe that we were moved off of different radio stations because we talked too much about communism and the evil of it. And now that we have Virgin Most Powerful Radio, nobody can tell us we can't talk enough about Fulton, about uh, communism and the evils of it. And uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen, you can see behind me, Julia, that uh, we, we promote his work all the time. I actually went to his funeral 42 years ago when I had hair on my head. I was a young man at one time. So, yes, so we're honored to have you talk about this topic. And uh, before we go to that, we have a, uh, a section of our show that we didn't get to the first segment. We call it uh, the segment on Fulton Sheen. So, Mr. Engineer, can you bring in the hardest guy in the room? Full Sheen ahead. Appropriately, our topic is communism, so I pulled it out of the quotable Sheen. Sheen said, communism came out of the Western civilization. It was produced out of what was putrid, foul, and rotten in the atheism and materialism of the 19th century. Uh, I just think that uh, it was appropriate because, Julia, you've written a book, or you've got this. Is it? Tell me a little bit more. Jesse kind of let me know the last minute he couldn't make it. It's, it's a book published by Tan Books. Is that correct? Yes, um, this is Venerable Shane's book, Communism and I, I, the Conscience yeah. of, of the West. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just a spokesperson for I it. I didn't it edit it or anything. Yeah, I, write, I read that years ago. As a matter of fact, I have right in my hands. Are you ready? Pope Pius XI's encyclical uh, on atheistic communism. Many of the popes have, have written on it. And uh, yeah, it's very important. So you're promoting this, and I really appreciate that. So let me just uh, get started with the first question. So, Julia, what is the key idea behind the title of the book, Communism and the Conscience of the West? Um, so, Venerable Sheen, he starts the book in the preface basically saying, you know, every book should have one idea. And so the key idea in this book is that communism is on the conscience of the West. Mm -hmm. In other words, communism, you know, goes full steam ahead with its all ideas and we can see you know just the remarkable devastation that these ideas have brought through history yeah. but his idea was that even in a place like america um there was something about our civilization that was also materialistic or atheistic in its own way yeah. practically atheistic and individualistic um, in a negative way and also relativistic um, in, in its own masked way as well. And so even if we had not gone as far as the communists in playing out these ideas, we still had something that we needed to purify in ourselves. And so th that's the idea that, that this system is on our conscience and we need to fix the way that we live our lives in order to help purify the rest of the world. Well said. And Julia, I read just recently during the Depression time of America in the 1930s, 100,000 Americans left America to go to Russia. And they were sold a bill of goods because communism was pushing hard when, they, when we were on our face, when we were hurting with the Depression, 
They said, oh, you got to go to Russia. This is an uh, utopia. You come here, you don't, you'll never have to worry about eating. You'll never have to worry about going to work. We'll, we'll take care of you. So it seems that when times are tough, and their times are tough right now, a lot of confusion, it seems that uh, they're still hitting people with this idea that communism is the way to go. But I always say this, Julia, show me a country where communism is practiced and the people are treated well. There's none. So there you go. Question number two. The Venerable Sheen stressed that communism does not just deal with economics, but is a philosophy of life. Julia, what are some of the marks of this philosophy of life? Yeah, um, so one of the marks mm -hmm. is uh, we, we have to think about communism, you know, in terms of atheism. We have to think about Marx basically... Sheen said that communism was the political expression of Marx's atheism. Mm -hmm. So the idea is um, Marx wanted to dethrone the gods and he wanted to, you know, just create this new revolution, revolutionize human nature, revolutionize ev everything, yeah. basically. So um, this is not just about economics. This is there is something theological going on here. Um, the second mark I would talk about is that um, we're talking about a, a relativistic system. I kind of alluded to that earlier, but um, she does a great job just kind of talking about, you know, the philosopher Hegel, who's very kind of intimidating. Yeah. And I kind of, he talks about him in a kind of approachable way and kind of says, okay, one of the main ideas to know is that Hegel does not believe in permanent truths or um, immutable principles. Basically, everything is dialectics. So everything is kind of ping-ponging off of each other. And you're kind of creating new ideas from, from other old ideas and coming up with a synthesis. So this is a relativistic system that Marx took from Hegel. And so that's the the Marx uh, the fancy word for it is Marx um, created uh, he had a dialectical materialism yeah. and so like that that one half of that is just think of the idea of relativism yes so the other half of that is the materialism mm -hmm. so the materialist side um, Marx got that from another philosopher and that's the idea that you know we don't need to treat men as if they have souls yeah. as if there is a heaven there's a god and any of that and so these kind of three key ideas you know the atheism the relativism and the materialism um create a really really toxic blend that you know it's still it's still alive with us today in different forms you know it, it did not die just because the economic theories um look outdated and kind of wacky now julia absolutely right look at uh, canada right now Ten thousand euthanasia patients they're bragging the doctors are bragging on the internet this week about how they've killed these people off uh, look at the babies that are being murdered think of russia they were the first one to legalize abortion I mean, if there's no God, there's no soul, anything goes. And I think that there's a lot that people don't realize that are happening right now that fits right into 
uh, atheistic communism in our own country today. So that's why this book, Communism and the Conscience of the West by Archbishop Fulton Sheen, is something everyone should get. The way to get that is to go to tanbooks.com and pick it up. As a matter of fact, I thought I got an email from Tan showing me all of Fulton Sheen's books that you've published at Tan. There's several of them. So I would just say, get anything you can on two people, Archbishop Sheen and Pope Benedict XVI. Those two are all, guys are the on the same page, and I'm sure someday both of them will be canonized someday. At least that's my, my wish. Yeah, it's also included in the, in the show notes. Good. All right, quick next question. What is the relationship between communism and atheism? You touched a little bit on that. And how does communism present itself as a kind of counterfeit, secularized form of Christianity? Wow, that's a great question with, with liberation theology. Go ahead. I'm all ears. I can't wait to hear your answer on that. Yeah, Sheen is so penetrating when he, when he talks about this topic because he kind of has this chart where he talks about, okay, so in Christianity, you have the idea of, you know, the sacrifice, and that's, um, he calls it the condition of spiritual union with God. Mm -hmm. And then in communism, you have the idea of class struggle and violence, exactly. the condition of a classless society. So that idea of sacrifice gets twisted into to something, you know, completely different. And then you have um, the church, the mystical body of Christ governed by one visible head. Yes. And then in communism, you have the mystical community of collectivity, the dictatorship over the proletariat. So um, he just continues on and on. Um, let me give at least one more. Sure, the last you. judgment. Um, so the last judgment in Christianity, you have the separation of the good and the evil. Yes. And then um, in communism, you have the violent expropriation of the property owners and the liquidation of the enemies. Mm. So that's their version of a final judgment. So the, the idea is um, that, that it's just kind of aping Christianity. Mm. You know, it it's going off of the... The, the system and just emptying of it, emptying it of any divine content, secularizing it. Um, you're, you're surrendering. In other words, you know, we're talking about something that Sheen says wants to control your interior life right. and judge you and, and control your soul. This is really, I mean, th this is why he says, you know, this war between different philosophies that we're, that we're seeing, it's a battle for souls, um, because these different systems want to control the soul. Yep. Well said. I want to, uh, I think I'm bringing my wife back on the line, and we have a good connection. Mary Danielle, when we come back from the break, if you can ask the next question, I want to remind everybody this Saturday, we're going to be hosting an evangelization conference here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina. It's an all-day event featuring Johnny Romero, Jesse's brother, and myself. We are going to be talking about how to share your faith with anyone especially in times of the uh, problems in the church where there's a lot of scandal. How do we deal with that? We're going to talk about that and much, much more. Also, Bishop Joseph Strickland, all the guys, Father Chad Ripperker, Jesse Romero, Dr. Dan Snyder, Kyle Clement will be here for the Spiritual Warfare Conference, March 25th and 26th. I think we're half filled already, so maybe two-thirds filled. So if you want to get a ticket, 
Go online to vmpr.org to get your registration in. It always it always sells out, so we only can get 650 people in. So don't talk to me later and say, I, I did, can't get in. Well, do it now. Don't put it off. Call 877-526-2151. And don't forget, um, this is our fifth anniversary for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We want to thank all of our monthly donors who have been supporting us to continue to do this radio ministry. We're getting more AM and FM stations picking up our shows. And I want to thank all the stations that are taking us on. I know they take a risk when they take us because uh, we speak the truth. I mean, you're not going to hear this on a lot of stations, but it's the truth, and that's what sets us free. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about Archbishop Fulton Sheen's book called Communism and the Conscience of the West, published by Tan Books. Uh, Julia Molina, she, Maloney, she is here to share more about that book with us. And uh, I think it's going to be very edifying for you, especially for our young people who need to hear this. Stay with us, family. You're listening to us on Virgin Most Powerful <coughs> Radio. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Julia Molina is with us. We're talking about Fulton J. Sheen's book, Communism and Conscience of the West, published by Tam Books. Any book you get from Tam Books will be really a great book. I uh, I started my teeth on Tan Books when I was about 10 years old, <laughs> and I'm 60-something now, so that tells you how long they've been around. Uh, Mary Danielle, maybe you can ask the next question to Julia, please. Well, Julia, according to Venerable Sheen, what has the Catholic Church said about communism? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, he quotes a lot from Divini Redentoris. Um, this was Pope Pius XI, I believe, um, in 1937. Yep. And um, there's so, so much good stuff in that document. This is the document that, you know, um, People should definitely read and consult themselves. But basically, a couple of the key ideas are, you know, obviously the materialism of communism is a major problem. No room for God, for the soul, for the afterlife. Um, another major problem is the, the sharpening of violent antagonism. And so this is the dialectics that we were kind of alluding to earlier where you're kind of sharpening ideas based on their, you know, their contradictions with one another. Um, this is this is Hegel, but when you put that into practice with the classes, um, basically you're supposed to sharpen the oppositions between different classes and create revolution. And so that, that is again a, a major problem. Um, obviously, the overturning of hierarchies is a problem, um, the loss of the individual sense of self and the collectivity is a major problem. And what I would like to focus on really quickly is he says, um, refusing, so this is uh, Pope Pius XI, refusing to human life any sacred or spiritual character, such a doctrine logically makes of marriage and the family a purely artificial and civil institution. Mm -hmm. 
So marriage and the family, they're not from God. They're just a historical construct. They they came to us because of some specific economic system in some specific historical moment. And so we can redefine marriage and the family as much as we want to. And that is precisely what we're living through today, our nightmarish situation right now in this world where we don't even know how to talk you know, we, we don't know how to dialogue with people about this because people, I'm a millennial and people in my generation, I mean, we grew up just kind of taking it for granted that these kinds of relativistic ideas um, were, I mean, they, they weren't to be questioned. That's what we were being yeah. taught yeah. and everything. So yeah. we, uh, this is really really relevant and it, it just becomes more again to use the word nightmarish it becomes more nightmarish yeah the further on we we go down this trajectory julie i'm reading right from the holy father's encyclical uh, where he says in the face of such a threat to the catholic church it, the church could not and does not remain silent the apostolic see above all has not refrained from raising its voice for it knows that its proper and special mission is to defend truth, justice, and all those eternal values which communism ignores or attacks. Right from the Holy Father's statement. So you're spot on, girl. And you know what is neat? Here we are. My wife and I are talking to this little young woman, millennial, and she's talking on communism. I'm going, whoa, there's hope. We like to see the young people doing this. So God bless you. Here's another question. What is the Venerable Sheen's message about Communism and the family. You touched a little bit about that communism and family, but why is the why is um, Bishop Sheen so uh, much talking on the element of the family and how communism hits the family? Yeah, um, he talks about how the family, just by its nature, you know, communism because it believes that the family is a construct that you can just change. Yeah. Um, it, it was very, and it was a product of a, you know, different economic system that needed to be abolished. Of course, they wanted to change the family yeah. and they, they tried to, and you had the divorces, you had the abortion, right. you had the homeless children. I, I mean, it was, it was such a huge mess that after a specific amount of time, um, I don't remember if it was about two decades or three decades or less, but after a certain amount of time, communism in theory could not sustain itself. And in practice, they had to start reversing um, this in Russia. And they, they had to start um, penalizing people for getting divorces and abortions and that sort of thing. And Sheen says, because it was a dictatorship system, that we had there, they were able to reverse this very quickly. Mm -hmm. So now Sheen talks about America. Okay, well, in America, we have abortion, we have divorces, we have free love, we have birth control, we have mm -hmm. all of these ills. Mm -hmm. And he says, how are we going to reverse it? We have to, this is where the, the word conscience comes in again. It's on our conscience to remake our world here because we have seen these ills play out in other countries and they're they're right here in our own country and we see 
the devastation of, of the sexual revolution and, yeah. and all of these different things every day. Well said. Mary Danielle? And, and so I think, you know, to, to hear what you're saying, Julia, what Bishop Sheen has said is that communism basically at the beginning wanted to destroy the family. And in so doing, they realized that they were destroying the very fabric of society and they want to reverse that. And unfortunately, here in the West, yet we haven't yet realized <laughs> that this attack on the family, this destruction of the family is the destruction of society itself. You know, that this family is the basic unit of society and, and that we don't recognize and realize that yet in the West and we have to really do something to wake up the conscience of the West so that we understand. We can't destroy the family because to do so is to destroy society and all, any kind of solvency and um, order mm. in, the, in the world. Well said. Wow. Yep. Mary, wow. what's the next one? The next question was about Bishop Sheen and... Um, and Fatima. Oh, yeah. Does he say anything about Fatima there in the book and its relationship to communism? <laughs> yeah, um, he does talk about Fatima. Um, I believe it's the last chapter. If it's not the last chapter, it would be probably the second to last chapter or something. But I think um, one of the key things he says is uh, he starts the chapter on Fatima by, by talking about lords. And he talks about how lords the apparition with, of course, um, St. Bernadette Subaru, um, where Mary said, I am the Immaculate Conception. Um, he traces how the, the year of that um, coincided with a number of like key things that Marx and, and a number of thinkers, um, a number of kind of architects of our current world we're, we're saying in publishing. So he says, Sheen says that, that um, at, at this time, the specific historical moment, we were given the message that Mary is the Immaculate Conception and we were given the reminder that we, we are not the Immaculate Conception. You know, we are not supposed to act as if we are and as if we have this prerogative to do whatever we want. So that's how he starts the section on Fatima. And then he continues. And I think one of the key ideas that I got from that section is when he talks about the, the miracle of the sun yeah. that, of course, happens at the very end. And he, re, he emphasizes and he's quoting a lot of, you know, testimony of people there. It was a, a frightening experience i mean people there they didn't know if the world was ending um sheen did not know if this was he said you know are, are we supposed to deduce that this is some kind of emanation of an atomic bomb that may come at some point um th there's people were you know yelling out like people were saying their sins and and asking for forgiveness this was a really um, this was not just uh, just a happy moment where people watched a, a show of the sun. So I think that that reminds us that the, the message of Fatima has this absolute kind of solemnity and urgency. And we're, there's so much that's mysterious about it. But this element of sort of judgment, I, I think that's the key idea that, that Sheen is always talking about in this book, that... Um, there's a sense that history through wars and other kinds of instances, we see the judgments of 
God and we see what what the spiritual world thinks of the world that we're living in, he says. Well said. We're going to take a quick break in a minute, but I just want to mention, I think St. John Paul II said in a letter to the families, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. And so I think Bishop Sheen was spot on again on this issue of the family and how communism was tearing the family apart. And again, let's be honest right now. We are living in times where people are so confused with what is important, what is true, that they're living it out of reality. And so this book, Communism and Conscious of the West, I think will help all of us understand better the role the church should play and that we should play in proclaiming the gospel. When we come back, we're going to talk about something I never talked about before. Bishop Sheen relates this new Ten Communist Commandments. What's that about? When we come back, we're going to talk about that. And um, it's interesting because it seems that the more times things change, the more times things are the same. And we're going through another round right now in our own country with communism spreading uh, in a way that people have no idea that it's taking place. And so this is why Bishop Sheen's book, Communism, The Conscience of the West, is an important book to get. Go to TAN Books. I tell you because I think it's important that we are what we call high-information Catholics, and you can't get any better than Fulton Sheen. Julia Molina is back with us after this quick break to talk about, again, the new Ten Communist Commandments. What are those? Well, on the other side of the break, you'll find out what they are, and we'll go at it there. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. I just got an email or text from all the way, you ready, from Hungary. And our friend there listening said, hey, look, um, uh, he said, uh, he goes, uh, in Hungary, a former communist country, the clearest indicator of the after effects of communism is language. The Hungarians over 40 don't even know much about English because it was banned by the communists. They were forced to learn Russian. And so what is he over there doing? Teaching people English. So God bless him. And he's listening to us out there. So God love him. All right. We're, we've got Julia Maloney here from Tan Books talking about Bishop Sheen's book, Communism and the Conscience of the West. I made a teaser at the end of the break, and that is, Julia, this question. At one, at one point, Venerable Fulton Sheen relates the new, in quotes, the Ten, Commandment, co- Ten Communist Commandments published for, publish, for Polish youth by the Soviet headquarters. I never even knew about that one. What is their first commandment, Julia? Okay, so the first commandment mm-hmm. is never forget that the clergy is a declared enemy Wow. of the state and of communism. Oh, amazing. And there are a couple more that go it go yeah. in with that. that. Number three, try to persuade, but do not force your friends to stop going to church. Oh, yeah. Number five, that. yeah, spread atheistic literature among the people. Um, number eight is also about atheism. And number 10, if you are not a convinced atheist, you will not be a good communist and a faithful citizen of the Soviet state. Atheism is 
permanently linked with communism. Yep. And the two ideals are the basis of Soviet power in communist Russia. Doesn't that make sense? Communism and atheism. They're two birds in the feather. Mary Danielle, your thoughts? Well, I, I find that I just don't want to make a comment on sure. that. That's so interesting because it's essentially what they're saying is that if we don't throw God out, oh, yeah. we can't have a communist agenda. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is anyone in the West listening? <laughs> do we want to throw God out? Who made us? Where did we come from? Where are we going? What do we know about our life? It, yeah. It's like today's feast day is the feast of the baptism of the Lord. And, and God says from heaven, he says, this is my beloved son. And in the scriptures, whenever those two words are together, son and beloved, it indicates only, my only son. Mm. So the only natural son of God, of course, is the word of God. The, his, his, the Logos, who becomes man, and God becomes man. And we know this. Jesus was a real historical person. He existed here on this earth. There's more evidence for the historical Jesus than there is for some of the other ancients that lived at his time. Right. And yet, people want to question whether he existed or was he who he said he was. And, and here again, we can have come. If we can throw out God, then we can have this dictatorship where certain men get to decide what everybody else gets to believe and do. Interesting. Yep. It's a vacuum that gets formed. Once you throw Christ out, God out, then the communists come in. All right. Hey, Julie, we got a couple more minutes here. Question now. Communism and conscience of the West speaks of a transition to an anti-Christian civilization where the struggle will be for the souls of men. Wow, what does this mean? So he's talking here about um, a state of absolute uh-huh. where it's not as if people are just kind of halfway about anything. Um, it's where people are absolutely convinced about their side. And it's the Christian civilization and the anti-Christian civilization. Mm-hmm. And I just, as I read those sections, I just see something chilling in the kind of world that we're already living in, um, in America, where um, you see so many different signs of not just making fun of Christianity or anything like that, but but absolutely being anti-Christian, wanting Christian to be Christianity to be extinguished, to to die, wanting to make an example of people who are Christian with the cancel culture and everything else. And I think that Sheen was absolutely prophetic in being able to see that we would get here if we continued on our current trajectory. And that's exactly what has happened. Well said. I got one more question for you, Julia. Uh, And this is uh, the best. uh, Just here. How are Fulton, the venerable Fulton Sheen's writings on communism relevant for today? We talked a little bit about, but why should people get this book for you know, 2023, where are the connections? Well, <clears throat> in 2005, um, the late uh, Benedict the 16th, as Joseph Ratzinger, right before the conclave that elected him as Pope, he famously spoke about the dictatorship of relativism. And that is exactly what I think Sheen was warning us about, you know, in, in the 1940s. And um, this this idea that we can 
Um, I think last last Friday on the show, you had the quote from the Bible from Paul about, you know, being tossed on the waves. Yes. Um, that was the same image that Benedict XVI used um, as Joseph Ratzinger um, when he gave his dictatorship of relativism speech. And as we look all these years after, you know, he was elected in 2005, we have we have not made considerable progress towards changing the dictatorship of relativism. We, um, we, we're just swimming in so much error. And I think that Sheen is just absolutely one of the prophets who can help us understand um, what we need to do and what kind of examination of conscience we can do ourselves um, in order to help the rest of our country and the, and the rest of the world really um, to to build a, a, a new kind of civilization, a, a truly Christocentric civilization. Well said. I want to also mention, Julia, that Fulton Sheen wrote a book, Treasure and Clay. One of the chapters in that book, his autobiography, is on communism. And he talks about some of the communist famous people that were converted to Christianity, to Catholic Church, because they said, the communists said, you know, you know more about communism than we do. And I think that what Fulton Sheen has to offer our world today is really a not just to the intellectual arguments of Christ, but he also shows the the wickedness of atheistic communism in a way that might open people's minds up to. So that's why I'm encouraging people to go to Tan Books and pick up Fulton Sheen's book, Communism and the Conscience of the West. As a matter of fact, when you're on their website, look at all the other Fulton Sheen books. Get them all. Because uh, I believe, and this is my take on it, that Fulton Sheen, his writings are essential for this culture that we're living in to turn their turn back to Christ. Because without, uh, you know, Fulton Sheen's material that he's giving us, many of us do not have the intellectual knowledge to be able to refute atheistic communism. I think he's the best when it comes to refuting the com atheistic communism. I just want to say, Julia, I thank you for taking the time to join us. Any final thoughts? Um, <clears throat> thank you for having me. Um, excuse me. Got a bit of a cough here. Um, I just want to say, Venerable Fulton Sheen, um, he's been a great intercessor in my life. Good. And I just encourage people to also reach out to him at the back of um, all of these books in the Sheen set there's the prayer for his intercession oh yeah and i just encourage people all the time to reach out to him Good. and form that kind of personal relationship with him as well because i just think he wants to be in heaven you know working for us yeah, yeah. trying to help us yeah because he says this if souls are saved everything is saved if souls aren't saved mm -hmm. nothing is saved julia thank you mary stay with us julia for a minute mary danielle I want to give a plug to your Bible with the Barbers show. Can you tell our listeners, for those who might not have it on their AM station, <coughs> they can get that by going to vmpr.org and downloading our app. But tell our listeners a little bit of what you do on Fridays after the Terry and Jesse show. Well, we, we go over scriptures and we try and uh, show how the scriptures, you know, his scripture happened in a historical context. Mm -hmm. it, it happened in a specific time and place. I mean, it's, it's a history, but... But it's a living history that applies to us today because it's God's word. It's eternal. And when God speaks a word, it doesn't cease to mean 
things to us. So we have to read the scriptures and allow them, allow God's word to penetrate us and begin to change us. We have the the, the scriptures, Paul says, they pierce more surely. The word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword, and mm-hmm. it pierces, and it, it divides the bone and marrow and the nerve and the sinew. And so we want to allow the word of God to pierce us and penetrate us and to transform us. Because the word of God is first and foremost a person, the second person of the Blessed Trinity who became man. Amen. But his word is also written in order to transform us into a living image of Jesus Christ. Amen. So that the world can see the face of Christ in our lives. Well said, Mary Danielle. I'm going to ask you a question, Julie. If you've listened to us, Jesse and I, we always end our show with the greatest question there is. Mary Danielle, what state should we be living in? In the state of grace. Exactly. Not in Minnesota, not in uh, New Hampshire, not in California. Oh, it makes sense Great. to me. Great. All right, and how do we do that? We stay close to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. We pray. We get to confession on a regular basis. We spend time before our Lord in the Eucharist and asking Jesus for more faith every day. Because if you don't ask for more faith every day, you won't get it. And I want to remind everybody, I, my, my faithful bride, Bishop Sheen also wrote a book called Three to Get Married. And he said to us, married couples and I don't know, Julie, if you're married, you're so young, I don't know. But if you do, read the book, Three to Get Married. Bishop Sheen says, your love for your wife will not last because you are strong. Your love for your wife will last because you have the power to renew it. And I renew that love for my wife right on the air. Okay? Why? Because that's how we stay in love. So I want to encourage all of our married couples. You got homework today, this week. Take your wife for a walk or vice versa, go for a walk. And renew your marriage vows. I guarantee you, it will help, gentlemen and ladies. All right, last thing. What did Our Lady of Fatima say? She said, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Fulton Sheen talked about redemptive suffering in a very powerful way. Colossians chapter 1. I fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the good of the church. All of us here... I think Julia's got a cold. She can offer that cold in union with Jesus to help redeem the world. Because as Bishop Sheen says, every action's like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Mary Danielle, she just has to put up with me, but that's a great sacrifice too. And I said, vice versa, young lady. We offer it all to Jesus to help redeem the world. Because remember, the souls out there need prayers. Our, pre- our leaders in our church, our Pope, our bishops, our priests, Are we praying for them? Every Thursday night here at the chapel, we pray before the Blessed Sacrament, 7 to 9. Come on and join us. Because you know what? It's amazing what prayer will do. It will change the world. So, Julia, thanks again for joining us. Mary Danielle, thanks for stepping in for Jess today. And may God richly bless you and your family.